Welcome to you all. It is certainly a, a different Christmas. And if we think back to a couple of years ago when they said we're going to have three weeks lockdown, <laughs> here we are like a couple of years later, but uh, really trusting that next year is going to be a good year. Who's believing for a good year next year? Okay, awesome. Well, uh, we hope that you've had a good morning so far just with family and friends and who's open presents, anyone? Okay, who, who's going to be going back home and opening some presents? Okay, awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I think let's never miss the, the, the whole point of the day. And that's obviously just to celebrate why Jesus came to this earth. And I think celebrating fun and family is, is also so important. And food. Who is keen for a good lunch today? Okay, yes. Right. Let, let me just tell you, Jin's mom makes the best uh, ham. Uh, which, which, so we, we alternate Christmases this year with my parents, but my mom is an incredible cook as well. So we're looking forward to uh, a good lunch today. I've actually like purposely didn't eat breakfast. I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks again. And uh, as Cole said up front, uh, it's, it's a very short service today and we, we're not going to keep you long at all. But we are finishing off a series that we've been on. Uh, it's, uh, for those of you who may be new to our church or just visiting today, we love to teach in series format where we're going to teach a theme or a thought or a scripture over a couple of weeks. So we are landing it today, and it's from a, a famous scripture in Isaiah that we've heard at a ton of carol service, carol service where it speaks to unto us. I'll get to it in a moment, but he, there's, there's four things that it speaks about God being a wonderful counselor, uh, Mighty God, <laughs> getting the order wrong, yeah? Uh, everlasting Father, which I did last week, and today the Prince of Peace. And I apologize again for last week. I know we tried as hard as we could to get the message out, so we just had a pre-recorded service. We had a few staff and some uh, key volunteers test positive, so we weren't able to pull off a service at the level we would like to have, especially with the whole production desk at the back in the media. But it is available on YouTube, and I'm sorry if you arrived here. We did also come here and uh, explain to some of the cars that arrived. But today, Prince of Peace, which is a really interesting thought particularly around this time, because I think often we used to kind of the nativity type story or, you know, uh, kind of Jesus being born. We do know, by the way, that this actually isn't really Jesus' birthday, but it's just a time that I, I think we celebrated. But some of you just found, you, you know, you get those memes like the first time finding out, first time hearing that. You, did some of you not know that Jesus actually wasn't born on the 24th of December? Anyway, it's a time that we celebrate him. Uh, and you know, with this whole idea of, of peace, and we sung about it this morning, you do see an increase in tensions in people, and you see uncertainty, you see anxiety, addictions, depression, stressed people, and alongside that, you know, you've got people striving for world peace, or inner peace, or peace of mind, and I think we look in all sorts of places to try and get that peace. Uh, we, we may try alternative medicines, alternative types of meditation. Uh, when I say we may try, I'm not necessarily talking to you or I, but I'm just saying the world. We try all sorts of things, uh, uh, religions. We, we try to find this peace. Everyone's searching for peace. And then yet we see that Jesus came to be the Prince of Peace. And I'm going to unpack it a little bit today. But just before we do, just to understand the actual the words that we're dealing with today, I think Prince, we kind of all understand it's, it's uh, some kind of monarch or a king or even in some countries a future king. And it also speaks of rule and reign. And the word peace 
uh, has a variety of meanings and different applications to different things, but it can be non-warring condition of, of nations. It can be agreement between nations that they are at peace with each other. Uh, it speaks of harmony between people. It speaks of community and public order. So like the, the community is at peace. Freedom from strife, freedom of, of mind from annoyance, anxiety, and distraction. It speaks of a state of tranquility or serenity. Some of you are looking forward to that over the holidays, right? Your, your, your year has been crazy and you're just looking forward to that. It also speaks of stillness or silence. Today is not going to be that, by the way. If you're with family and friends, it's just going to be a noisy day. Is that right? Who has a loud family? Anyone have a loud family? <laughs> yeah, our family is pretty loud. Um, but 700 years before Christ, there was this guy called Isaiah, and he was a prophet, and he was speaking of things to come, and he spoke about Jesus. It was a prophetic picture, really, of what was to come, and this is where we get this famous scripture from. Isaiah 9, verse 6, it will be up on the screen. It says, for to us, a child is born, to us a son is given, Colin spoke about giving a moment ago, the government will be on his shoulders, that also speaks future, that it says one day that every knee will bow and confess that Jesus is Lord, that one day he will have complete rule and reign, and he will be called, and these aren't literal names of God, there's, there's many different names that God has called, but these are almost like aspects of his character, of who he was going to be, and that's what we've been looking at the last three weeks, but he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Another famous scripture that we've probably heard at a carol service or two is this, Luke 2, 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven. You remember this one? Um, and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. I remember carol services growing up. Um, those of you maybe old enough to, to remember, you remember you put the candle in the, the Coke bottle that was cut in half, the plastic one. And, and for me, I love carol services because I'd spend the whole time trying to burn the edge of the Coke bottle neatly. Anyone else do that? <laughs> Okay, only one honest person here today, but anyway. Um, but peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. And today I just want to give you three quick points of why I believe that Jesus Christ is called the Prince of Peace. Why it's one of his characteristics. Why it's one of his, uh, the, the idea behind what he actually came to this earth for. But before I give you those three points, I want to read uh, uh, like a scripture that I'm going to allude to a couple times during the service today. Obviously, our key scripture was Isaiah, but I read this the other day and I was like, man, this is, I'd never seen this before, but it's exactly what I'm really trying to say today. And this is 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19, and it speaks of why Jesus actually came to this earth. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God. I mean, Christmas is a, is a time where we celebrate gifts. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Just remember these words, reconciling and through Christ. For God was in Christ, so he came in human form to this earth, he isn't just this little baby that stays in a manger, but he, he grew up in human form and he came to achieve a particular purpose here on this earth. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He's grateful that we don't have those counting against us all the time, right? And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. 
And truly, the Christmas message is a wonderful message. And maybe you don't understand it. Maybe you're watching online or you, you kind of first time you've been in church. We had some people yesterday that really didn't come to church, never been to church. And uh, again, three weeks ago, we had someone came to the church for the first time. How amazing is that? And it really is a wonderful message. And I want to unpack that a little bit today. But the first thing that I believe, and there's just three points, that I believe Jesus brings uh, and why is the Prince of Peace is firstly, Jesus, so through Christ here coming to this earth, brought us peace with God. Jesus Christ is the only reason we can truly live at peace with God. And we're all trying to find peace with God. Some people are trying to find peace with the universe or a God or, or, or something out there, some kind of higher being. I think a lot of people believe in maybe that there is a God, they just don't know which God. But they try and they search and look for peace with God. 2 Corinthians uh, 5, which I've just read, I just want to look at the, the beginning part of verse 18 and 19. It says this, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself. The reason Jesus came to this earth is so that we could be brought back to God, that we could be in relationship with God through Jesus and be at peace with God. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That's why he came. He wanted to reconcile us to him so that we could be at peace with him. No longer counting people's sins against them. And often, well, all the time really, is, is our sin separates us from God. There's like this blockage. Anyone ever felt like their prayers just hit the ceiling, like they don't go anywhere? Because we are weighed down with so, so much guilt, so much shame, things we do, things we say. But Jesus came to take that all away so that we could be at peace with God. You see, all of us have been created with a void in us that only he can fulfill. And that's why people are always searching for, for meaning and purpose in life. And whenever I mention the word meaning and purpose, I'm reminded of uh, two stories that are told in, in a famous course called the Alpha Course. I, I'm sure some of you have done the Alpha Course, but Nicky Gumbel, the guy that presents the course, tells these two stories and I love them and I just thought I'd share with them you, you today. But the one is this. He says there was a Swedish au pair girl looking after some little uh, British kids and her English wasn't so good and the kids were messing around and she runs into the room and she says, what are you doing on earth? Now, of course, she was meant to say, what on earth are you doing? But she got a little bit backwards. And the kids just stopped and stared at her and were really confused. Because it's, it's a very good question, right? <laughs> what are we doing on earth? I mean, what are you doing here, right now, in Kloof, at Open Skies Church, listening to this guy that has a strange jersey on in summer, uh, watching online, wherever you are, what are we doing? Like, why are we here? And I believe that Jesus gives us a whole new meaning of purpose. And I don't have too much time to go into that even further today, but I really believe that he satisfies that hunger for meaning and purpose because he is the only one who can do that. And the other story that he tells in the Alpha Course, he says it's almost as if, um, you know, this void that we have, it can't be fulfilled with things, life. And, and, and this morning you may have got something that you wanted for Christmas and you're excited, but the novelty wears off like with everything. But only God can fulfill that hole. And he, he tells a story about a Chinese person. And he says it's almost as if Chinese people have two stomachs. And I've been to China, I think, eight times. I love it there. But one of the things that they do is when they have a meal is they always have to eat, eat rice. Like just with every meal. They can have like meat, potatoes, vegetables, like the treats or whatever it is. But if they don't have rice, they don't fully feel satisfied. They don't feel full. And if Jesus 
was talking to the Chinese, you almost say, I am the rice of life. You know, I'm that one person that can satisfy that other stomach. And it's the same as for us, you know, in our lives. He's that one person that can bring fulfillment in our life, fill that void. So firstly, he brings us peace with God. And kind of moving towards my second point, just to allude to a story in the Bible, I'm sure some of you are familiar with it, but when the Israelites were in captivity, they were in slavery, Moses led them out of Egypt uh, into the promised land, although they did spend some time in the desert. But they, he brought peace for them because they were under bondage, under slavery, and he took them out. So he, they brought peace for them. However, they needed, so, so that he took them out of Egypt, but he needed a season to take Egypt out of them. Does that make sense? Because of the thinking that they had been so indoctrinated, they their their, uh, mindset was all wrong. And there was a season in the desert where it was tough, where it was hard, but he had to change their thinking. He had to put their reliance back on God because there were times where they felt it would be easier just to go back and be in slavery. That's why many people that commit crime, they they spend time in jail, they come out, they're free, but they end up going back because it's their security, it's their comfort, it's all they know. And I believe the second thing that Jesus brings is not only peace with God, but he brings peace with ourselves, peace with self. Because this thing is a crazy thing, right? Our minds, what goes on in our minds. And I think so many of us are tormented by ourselves and thoughts about ourselves. And maybe we're living in guilt. Maybe we live in shame. Or maybe you lie awake at night thinking about things you've done or said. Have you ever done that before? Think, oh, shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done that. Or you have regret from the past. And I believe that Jesus is the only person that can provide a well-ordered balance to our lives. And there's not only the balance here on earth, but there's this assurance of eternal life. I mean, we can be at peace with ourselves. We don't have to have those fearful questions like, what happens to me when I die? Or, you know, how do I cope in this life? Because he brings peace. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, so who's made peace with Christ, has become a new person. It's not like our personality changed, but he starts to change our character. The old life has gone. Thank God for that. The new life has become. So he takes them out of Egypt, but now he's got to take Egypt out of them. And God, in his grace and his mercy, as we uh, you know, journey through life, we start to become at peace with ourselves because God starts to work with us and build us and bring the best out of us. He wants to bring his character out of us. And there's so many frustrations that we have about ourselves and things we don't like about ourselves. It's crazy how whenever we look in the mirror, we always find fault. Or whenever someone takes a photo, you know, what do you do? You zoom in to who first, right? Just want to look at yourself. Okay, it's okay. Like, I have this battle daily with my kids. Like, I'm not allowed to post certain photos and stories. They're like, I will report you, me, their dad. I'm like, I will take your phone away. You've got no phone to report on. But I mean, it's crazy how we're so concerned with what we look like and we have all this turmoil going on. But the thing that we can be so grateful for today is that Jesus came to this earth so that he could deal with us and work through us and deal with our frustrations and transform us into his image, into his likeness, where we can be completely secure. You know, talking about transformation, I heard uh, someone once say that marriage is God's divine conspiracy for transformation. Any married people want to say amen to that today? Just don't nudge your spouse, right? Because you might just get into trouble. But it's crazy how marriage does transform you. It like changes things in you. It challenges things in you. But our minds are 
often just at war and God can give us a peace where we have a new identity, new security, a new confidence and our souls can be at rest. And you know what? There is the enemy out there that always wants to come and torment us and sow fear, sow doubt. But we can be at peace because we know who we are and we know where we're going. You know, being able to sleep well is such a wonderful blessing. Um, a couple years ago, my cousin was really struggling to sleep. And honestly, I, I mean, I couldn't I really identify with him because I just sleep so well. Honestly, you ask Jen, I fall, I fall asleep in seconds. We'll be having a conversation and she will take a breath and then she'll talk. And I'm like, what, you just woke me up. You know, I'm like, I can tell her what I was dreaming within seconds. I just fall asleep so well, so I've never had that. But my cousin was struggling for months and months and he could not sleep. He was so desperate. And he would like get one, two hours sleep a night and it just couldn't sleep. I don't know, maybe some of you have struggled with that before, but I can imagine that is, it's just, it's traumatic and you just can't function in the day. You know, um, my watch has this clever thing. If I sleep with it, it can tell me how my sleep was. Last night's sleep, by the way, was too short. I went to bed really late and then we woke up early this morning, right? Luckily not at 5 a.m. like when the kids were younger, but it was still early. But uh, my watch can tell me, it says you had enough sleep, but it was restless. Uh, it can tell you how much deep sleep you had, uh, you know, and then it will tell you also, you will battle with con uh, concentration today because of your sleep. But when you have good quality sleep, it's just, it's such a wonderful thing. Anyone love a good sleep? Who needs eight hours sleep here? Okay, I need eight. Who can survive on less than like five or six? Oh gosh, I don't know how you guys do it. But to have peaceful sleep, not the mosquito spray, just by the way, but to have peaceful sleep is such a wonderful thing. And God almost wants us to have peaceful lives. He wants, yes, we have challenges, but he wants us to be at peace. I didn't get Scotty's permission because I didn't see him yesterday and he's not here today, but Scotty uh, is on our eldership team and often when we travel, Scott and I used to share a room, whether we you know, went to a conference or a pastor's time away. And this one particular time, it was about eight years ago, uh, I woke up and Scotty <laughs> was just sleeping in the most wonderful position. He had his hands folded on his chest and he had his mouth open like this. And, and I had to take a photo of him. So I, I can't show you the photo, but anyway, I took the photo of him and, and I had a good laugh. And then when he woke up, I said, Scotty, you gotta see this photo of you. And, and in true Scotty fashion, for those of you who know him, he says, Hilly, picture of peace. <laughs> and it really did look like he, it almost looked like he was resting in peace, like he was dead. It was like, you know. But one of the things he, he said as well is that he just sleeps so well. And God wants us here this side of eternity to be able to rest well, to be able to live well and live at peace. You know, when we know where we're going and we have eternity in mind, it's amazing how at peace we can become. It's kind of like a GPS. You can be at peace knowing that this thing will take you in the right direction when you put it in, okay? Put the destination in. Although I was up in Pretoria the other day and I had the destination plugged in and uh, you know, it was connected through to my, my screen on the car, but then I put my phone kind of underneath the console and it lost connection, and it, I should have gone right, but it didn't, and then it does that rerouting thing, and Siri shouts at me and tells me to turn around, um, and the reason why it couldn't direct me is because it had lost the line of sight with the GPS, and I know it's an analogy being used many times before, but I'm hoping that this Christmas season, this time today, that we would just realign with Jesus, realign with God, because he really wants to, to lead us in a place where we are at peace with him and at peace with ourselves. And the third thing 
is peace with and for others. And why I added for others, because I want to explain it to you. It's not just about being with peace with just people in our circle, but it's, it's about world peace. And it's also about other people being at peace with God. He wants to restore every broken relationship, not just your broken relationship, but every broken relationship between people and between people and God. Going back to that scripture that I said I'd allude to a couple of times. Now the back end of those verses, kind of part B, it says, and God has given us, us this task of reconciling people to him. You see, Jesus came to the earth to reconcile people to God, but he's given us, his people, this incredible blessing of helping reconcile people to him. And he gave us this wonderful message. He gave you and I this message. And it's a message of reconciliation. And we get a, a part to play in that. You see, Jesus came, yes, to restore broken relationships with the people that he connected with, but it's for all of us into all eternity. And he spoke so much into peace in relationships. I don't know about you, but I can't function properly when like I'm not at peace with somebody. I, I mean, people who know me well just, just know that. Whether it's a, a friend, whether it's a business partner, I just hate it if there's like an issue. I just can't, some people can hide it really well and say like, I'll see you next year. I don't care if I ever see you again kind of thing. Okay, but like for me personally, I don't know if anyone's like me, I've like I've got to deal with it straight away. Please, can I have some show of hands? Who, who just wants to deal with it straight away? You are good people, okay? You other people, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm joking. I just am wired like that. Some people just need their time. Like, Jin just needs their time. For me, I can't function properly. I'm like, let's just deal with it. Let's just sort it out. Because I just think life's too short to not be at peace with anybody. I just like everybody like me and I like, to every, I like everybody. Maybe it's just, the, you know, pastor's hearts. And I do get that, like, sometimes you are going to offend people. But I like to be at peace with everybody. And uh, I can't function properly when there's issues. But... What I don't want you to do, especially when it talks about being at peace with people, please don't sweep issues under the carpet, whether it's in a friendship or a relationship. You know, very sad, many, many years ago, we were running a marriage course here, and there was this couple that had been married, I think they had been married 40 years, and they didn't come back after week two. So I said, was it something I said? <laughs> you know? They said, no, it's just too hurtful. And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, what's the point of bringing up all these issues? Well, I'm like, well, don't you want a healthy marriage? They said, no, it's just too painful. We've, and the words he used, we, we just swept stuff. And I, I just found that so sad. Life is too short. We've got to deal with issues. And talking about life being too short, if I had to say to you today, and, and honestly, no fear here, but if you had 30 days to live, what would the next 30 days look like? Some maybe say, Hilton, I'm going to take that scripture literally, the one that says, eat, drink, and be merry. Maybe some say, I'm going to get away and like just go to my favorite holiday destination. Maybe some of you saying, you know what? No cleaning, no ironing, no washing, no stacking the dishwasher for the next 30 days. I don't know what your priority is. But if you got back to the root of it, I honestly think that you'll want to spend time with those that are closest to you, family and friends. You'd probably want to just be at home. Because for you, that is a place of peace. And I'm not saying you have 30 days to live, but it does give us perspective. You know, for me personally, I, I get to do a few memorials. And for me, they, they, they're really tough. And I'll never forget the one memorial that I was at. Someone stood up and he said, you're all one heartbeat away from eternity. 
And I don't want that to scare anyone today, but it does make you take stock. Think about your life. Think about your relationships. And David, who wrote many of the Psalms, he often asked God to remind him of these things. Listen to what he says here in Psalm 39, verse 4. He says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer the width of my hand. So, yeah, it's not no longer. It's no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. And this, the imagery that they give in the Bible for this word breath is it's almost like this vapor. It's like a mist. And I think all of us in Kloof are very familiar with mist, right? Although our mist doesn't come and go, it stays, you know, it just hangs on the hill here. But another way to understand this is, you know, when you stand outside in cold air and you go, and there's this mist that appears and disappears. That is what our life is in the grander scheme of things. So surely we would want to be with peace, be at peace with other people. Relationships are most important. I mean, Jesus spoke about it. He said the greatest commandment, and he actually gives two. He kind of sets the record straight. He says they, both of them are equal to each other. He says, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then what does he say? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. We are designed to be and commissioned by God to be in relationship with people. And if we have a strained relationship where you can't look at someone in the eyes, it's amazing how we just look down, you know, when we feel strained or, you know, shamed. But I believe that this Christmas, this season, God bringing peace in and through his son, Jesus, would want us to be at peace with relationships where we're free from bitterness, free from hate, free from anger. And for me personally, I've decided because it is a decision to be a peacemaker as opposed to a peacekeeper. And there's a difference between the two. You see, to make anything takes effort. To make a success, to make a successful business, to make a successful life, or whatever it is, to, to craft something takes effort. To be a peacemaker takes effort. To be a peacekeeper sometimes is easy because you just don't deal with it. Just sweep it, ignore it. But listen to what Matthew 5 says. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. And I've been spending some time in the, the Beatitudes where we look at blessed are those. And maybe early next year, we're going to do a series on, on all the Beatitudes. It's, it's a famous um, sermon that Jesus preached. And we, we'll get there next year. But listen to this, uh, Ephesians 4, 3, uh, 3. It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And that word, every effort, comes from a, a Greek word called um, spudadzo, which means um, like with promptly or use speed or, or swiftly. And the term was often referred to uh, or, or used in, in terms of a gladiator and how the gladiators would fight to stay alive. Uh, stay alive. That's the same term that was used there. So make every effort to be at peace. So fight for peace. Fight for your relationships. Fight for marriages. And let me tell you, marriages are falling down everywhere, particularly with the stress of the last couple of years. But you've got to fight for them. You've got to fight for something good. It takes effort. Maybe you, the person, says, hey, I'd rather run from conflict. Actually, in fact, if I see that person, I'm going to destroy them. <laughs> but I, I don't know what you've been through. And, and I get that it could be hard. I, I get that perhaps some of the context of your relationships or maybe there's been abuse, whatever it is. I, I'm, I don't want to just say, oh, I'll just get over it. I'm not saying that at all. But all I want to say is fight for peace. Do all that you can. Maybe you're saying, well, you don't know what that person did to me. You don't know what that person said. I don't. 
But I'm just giving you the truth. God wants to bring peace into your life. God's calling you to fight for peace. And in closing, if you feel challenged today to fight for peace, just three quick things, okay, and how to do that. First is confront humbly. Confrontation precedes the healing. And there's this quite scary scripture in the Bible where it speaks about coming to worship God, but if you're not at peace with someone, kind of like the same scripture that speaks about don't even have communion and you're not at peace with someone. It says this, therefore, if you're offering your gift to the altar and there, are, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar. Leave it there. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. So God says this is important stuff. Don't come to church, play the church thing, say all the right things, but you've got grievances with your brothers and your sisters and your friends. Go and deal with it. Who do you need to confront? And do it humbly. The second is love deeply. This is not the movie type of love. This is with a deep love. 1 Peter 4 says, above all, love each other deeply. That word deeply, uh, the Greek word for that is uh, ektino, which means it it talks about stretching and extending. They would also, again, use this for, remember I said the other one was for gladiators. This was for for Greek runners that would compete uh, in the Olympics. And how, you know, you would stretch forward to, to, to win and you would stretch your legs. That's the same word that is used there when it comes to our love. Love deeply. It's, it's a stretch sometimes. And I know sometimes we've got to love people that you don't want to love. And maybe you're going to see some of those people today. They say families like fish goes off after three days, right? Hopefully not in your case. But love deeply. It actually hurts to love deeply. It's easy to have a shallow love. Stretch your relationships. Stretch your friendships. And why do we need to do this? Because 1 Peter 4 says, because love covers a multitude of sins. It's amazing how when we stretch our love, how the love of Christ in us can just look over all the bad stuff. And we need to do that because God extended love to us. And the, the last point is forgive irrationally. Might not make sense. But Colossians 3 says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Some versions say whatever grievances that someone has done to you, just, just forgive. You're saying, well, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. You need God, the peace of God today, this Christmas, to help you deal with that. And the reason why we need to do all of this is because it says the Lord forgave you, Colossians 3. So you must forgive others. And God has forgiven us for a lot of stuff. Some of us need to think quite far back. <laughs> But maybe as fresh as yesterday, when we did something we shouldn't, or we said something we shouldn't, we all mess up. And daily, we need God's forgiveness. Therefore, we should extend that to other people. And our example, kind of just to end up here, is Jesus. Right on the cross, when he was whipped, beaten, and that's why he came to this earth. He was rejected, he was betrayed, and there he is on the cross. And I know it's not Easter, but the reason why Jesus was born, he was born to die. And when he was in that state, in that place, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know what they're doing. So who do you need to forgive? What relationships do you need to invite the peace of God? And I know this is a little bit of different Christmas message, but I really, really feel strongly that God wants to reveal the Prince of Peace to us. And final, final scripture. One more, are you, are you okay? And then we're done. And then Lauren actually, who sneaked up here, is gonna sing this incredible song that her and Rich wrote recently. Uh, and it kind of wraps up a whole Christmas series and speaks about what we've been talking about here. 
But John 16, 33 says this, I have told you all this, and me to you and your families today, you online, you in the room, I have told you all this, is that you may have peace in me, that you would have peace in God. Here on earth, though, you will have many trials and sorrows, and we know it's been challenging for all of us. God doesn't promise that we won't have issues, but he promises to be there with us, and he promises to bring us peace in the storm. He says, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. He came to this earth, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And because of all of that, he has overcome the world and we can experience his peace during this special Christmas time. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening.